Welcome to another episode of Riding in the Weeds with Ginny and Tash. We are here talking about all things life in regards to mountain biking, horses, running businesses, and just generally how we get stuck riding in the weeds and ways that we've found through our experiences that we can ride back out of them. Today, we are starting to tackle a big topic around fear. And really what we're wanting to just start with is respecting your fear and digging into the whole idea of fight your fear, friend your fear. Like how do we manage fear? And this is a big one when it comes to riding bikes. And I'm pretty sure it's a big one when it comes to riding horses. So we're going to stay a little bit focused here on activities and how this comes up. And we're going to continue this conversation in future episodes as well. So Ginny, fear. How does it impact riding? Well, so this is the interesting thing about dealing with horses is they are such big animals. It is easy to feel fear around them. I don't know how many people, when I comment, oh yeah, I ride horses. I have a horse. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid of them. The tricky part is though, is that horses being prey animals in particular can really sense our own emotions. And so when you are afraid, number one, the horse knows it. So they're always going to know when you're afraid. But the second piece of that puzzle is that where we get into trouble is not that we are afraid. It's that we're trying to suppress that we're afraid. So instead of being able to say, you know what, this is scary, or I am nervous being next to such a large, powerful, fast animal, or to say, you know what, I'm afraid to try and ride over this jump or ride out on a trail, whatever the case may be. Instead of saying that, most of what we try to do and what I think we've been conditioned to do in our culture is pretend we're not scared. The problem that comes in is with the horses, is they can feel that mismatch. They feel that the face that we're putting on says, I'm not afraid, it's fine. When on the inside, we're a wreck and they know it. And it's actually that incongruent or inconsistent feeling that's the problem when you're working with horses. It's not that you are afraid. That is not a problem at all. Now, that doesn't mean that your fear can't potentially elicit fear in them or worry in them, but it's when we are inconsistent with the emotion that we are expressing versus what we're actually feeling on the inside, that it becomes a problem. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I feel like even though the bike is an inanimate object, it's the same thing. Like your bike can feel your fear. And when you have fear, you ride in such a way that the bike cannot do what it's supposed to do. And therefore it creates that exact same dynamic between you and your bicycle, because you're holding on to it too tightly. You're riding the brakes and it doesn't allow it to move. And as soon as we can become friends with our fear and understand that fear is just there because our brains are wired to keep us safe. So if we are doing things that inherently can hurt us, our brain is going to say, hold up, this isn't a good idea. And fighting the fear and doing it anyway, I personally believe just 
doesn't exist as a concept. I think it's a matter of understanding the fear, acknowledging the fear, working through the emotion, and then making the decision as to whether you're going to do it or not. There's a lot of people that have the question of how do I move through trauma after I've had a crash, whether you've been thrown off a bike or thrown off a horse or had a horrific crash on your skis or your snowboard or whatever you're doing in life, when stuff goes wrong, you are now in the situation. And it's cool because once you're in the situation, you've had the experience. So now it's not an unknown fear. It's actually a known fear. And you can be like, well, yeah, I crashed and that really hurt. And I'm going to choose never to do that again. Or you can be like, that happened. That was outside of my control or was it, it was in within my control and it still happened. How am I going to manage that next time? Because I don't want to not ever do that thing again, but I don't want to have this experience again. So now I've had the experience. Technically, I get to move through that experience. Yeah. You get to choose something different. I actually had a situation where I was working with a friend and we were doing some emotional coaching and some emotional support work with the horses because they're such great teachers for this work. And we had a client that was with us and she's never been around horses. And the one horse that we had with us as the example was just dancing around and he wouldn't stand still. And he kept moving back and forth and tossing his head around and was obviously agitated, especially because my friend and I knew him and he is never really like that. And my friend was talking with this woman as I stood there holding the horse. And finally she goes, are you afraid? And the moment actually paused and she was like, yeah, I guess I am. And as soon as she said that the horse stopped and immediately just started eating and grazing, but it was the acknowledgement that there was actually something else going on that made the difference. That's what created the shift to allow a different energy to be able to move through. And of course, as soon as that happened, it released like all of the tension in the situation. So it was like everybody could breathe suddenly. And so it's the sheer fact of acknowledging that you are afraid that can shift the energy to get you somewhere different. But until you're willing to acknowledge that there is fear going on, you're not going to be able to work past that. So whether you say it out loud to yourself, whether you admit it to a friend or to a coach or to someone that's with you, but owning up to the fact that you're scared, it's fine. We all get scared of something. Anybody who tells you they've never been afraid or isn't afraid of anything is lying. They don't have a heartbeat. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, right. They don't have a heartbeat at all. Yeah, sorry, not sorry for saying that, but it's true. Anyone who claims they're never afraid or nervous about something, yeah, they're totally lying. So the first step is to say, yeah, I am nervous. I am scared about this. I am scared about whatever it is. I'm afraid of this. Even if you're afraid of something happening, Nine times out of 10, when I'm afraid of something happening, it doesn't actually end up happening that way anyway. So I might as well acknowledge it and own it. And then I can begin working on tools, finding tools to be prepared for those situations. I can very easily say, I'm afraid of doing this on my horse, or I'm afraid of riding this way on my bike. 
And then it's like, okay, cool. Now we know what we need to work on and we can go get the tools. But until you own that fear, you're never going to get over those things. You're never going to be able to do those things. And that relates right back to our confidence piece that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, that you'll never get through to that confidence if you don't acknowledge that there is fear involved in the reason that you're making the decisions that you're making. Absolutely. I'll never forget the example that someone once gave me about a ski racer who had a horrific crash and came back from it, started racing again and was asked by a journalist, like, how do you do that after exactly what could go wrong? And you almost lost your life. And the answer was, I stand up at the beginning of every race and I ask myself, is it worth it? Is the risk that I'm taking worth the potential reward with the experience that I'm going to go through? And if the answer is no, then I won't do it. But the answer is generally yes, because I get so much joy out of this experience that I'm willing to take that risk and do it anyway. And just by coming into that space of complete awareness of I am willing to take the risk of what I see could potentially happen, and I'm going to do it anyway. Or, you know what, I'm actually not up for that today. It's really interesting because when you ride a bike and you overcome something and there's a, a feature on the trail that you didn't do and now you do it, if you ride past it for any reason after you've done it, there's this background feeling of you might never do it again because, well, you did it and you've done it all the time, but then you choose not to do it one day. And, and so auto, like next time you do it, it's going to be harder to do it again. And there is a little bit of truth to that for sure. But I think that comes from not acknowledging the space that you're in and why you're making that decision. We have a trail that is 35 kilometers long and the last six kilometers is a trail that we shuttle all the time. And I'm going to ride that last six kilometer trail completely different after riding 31 kilometers or 20 odd miles than I will ride it when I've been dropped off at the top and I'm fresh and, and clean, right? There's a completely different energy that's going to go into that experience because I, I, I'm either tired or I'm fresh. And I think being able to just acknowledge that means that you're not attaching anything to it. So you've actually got complete freedom of choice to do whatever you want to do. And it doesn't mean anything. And as you say, the confidence piece comes from, the attachment, what are we attaching to the experience that then gives or takes away the confidence? Yeah. I feel like in our culture, it is so taboo to admit that you're afraid that frequently people don't acknowledge what they're scared of and how it impacts them. And I think that's a detriment to everybody. When you can't own how you're feeling about something, then it's not going to help you get through it. That's where the shame piece comes in, which this is something because I have struggled so much with fear issues with my horse and to even a certain degree working through biking as an adult learner, because I've struggled with my confidence and being afraid of doing those things, especially when horses are super powerful and can hurt you legitimately, they can hurt you, not necessarily intentionally. I get really angry <laughs> at people when they 
frown upon someone else for being afraid, or they make some reference to the fact that, oh, you shouldn't be afraid. Don't show your fear. No, you need to show your fear. You need to acknowledge that it's there because it's important. It's trying to show you something. And if you don't own that and don't look for that, then you can't find the tools to work through it. So I think the first step of fear is really looking for what it is so that you can go find the right tools. And that applies to business, that applies to relationships, that applies to setting goals, going to school, or managing new learning skills, or sports. It doesn't really matter what it is, you can be afraid for any reason. You don't even have to have a true reason, you don't even have to truly know why, but you have to own that it's there. And I think what comes up for me in this moment as well is, I always think that mountain bikers and snowboarders and horse bikers, horse bikers, horse riders, the outside world think that we're crazy because what the number one fear that most of us have is not being able to do it again tomorrow. And it's not that we're actually afraid of injuring ourselves. The injury is now just an inconvenience because it means you can't go and do the thing. And so a lot of the fear comes actually from the kind of missing out on the thing that you love to do. What if I hurt myself and I can't ride my bike tomorrow? That's going to really suck. And once we start to acknowledge that the actual source of our fear is that we're going to miss out on the thing that we love, that actually makes it comical and a lot easier to deal with. At the end of the day, we like our body parts to be intact. But when your biggest fear is not being able to wash your hair or not being able to work or walk or whatever it might be, but it's actually that you might not be able to do the thing that brings you joy, that makes it pretty funny. Okay, I love this thing. So I'm not going to do this thing because I'm afraid because I'm afraid of not being able to do the thing. Now we can start to really actually laugh at it and start to have that conversation of, that's how we get through it is by really actually acknowledging where that fear is coming from. And at the end of the day, the fear generally has actually nothing to do with the thing you're afraid of. It's got its roots somewhere else. And you can be like, oh, I love this so much that I don't want to miss out on doing it. And as I say, in the case of I'm afraid of not being able to ride my bike and I'm not going to ride my bike because I'm afraid of not like getting hurt and not being able to ride my bike. Now we're just having a circular idiotic conversation. So let's start to be able to break this down. And now we've brought humor in. Now we've brought in that third perspective. And that allows us to step outside of that energy. And especially when we've had trauma around having injured ourselves, a lot of the time now you're actually more empowered. Because now you can make better decisions because you're like, okay, that happened because I didn't know X, Y, Z. So I'm going to go out and get that knowledge so that doesn't happen again. And we start to be able to play with it. And I think the how of respecting fear is being able to play with it, acknowledging the emotion and then becoming friends with it. And there are so many times when your fear actually has a logical argument and there are legitimate things to be afraid of. You sit down, you write them out and then figure out how you're going to work your way around them. Because yeah, there's many situations in our life that legitimately, if we're a smart, intelligent human being, we should probably have some fear around it. And yeah, and then taking the step-by-step ways to minimize the risks 
is what's actually going to allow us to grow. And sometimes we might crash. Yep. It's okay. The next big investment that I'll be making for my riding is actually an air vest. So it attaches to the saddle and it has a little CO2 cartridge so that if you become separated from your saddle, it is an airbag. They make them for motorcycle riders and there's probably some other sports that have something similar. The reviews on all of them say that the recovery time is massively lessened and it protects all of your ribs. It protects your neck, which is where you're most likely to have the biggest injuries. And there are a number of reviews where people talk about being able to ride like two days later, whereas getting thrown off without it means week plus if you're lucky that it's only that long of not riding. And the thing I think we have to circle back around to is this is something we've mentioned both in the confidence piece and it plays a part in so many of the other topics we've already talked about is that window between your comfort zone and the edge of the disastrous level of fear. And the problem is you will never achieve anything else if you don't get into that space in the middle. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable in order to grow and learn and achieve new things. There is nothing that you haven't achieved that's not in that space. That is the only space in the world where you can achieve anything new. And that's what makes that conversation about being afraid that you can't do the thing funny. Because if you stay with that fear, You'll never get into the uncomfortable zone. You'll never get out of your normal comfort zone. So therefore you will never achieve anything new. So that's actually a very limiting space to be in. Yeah, sure. You might be able to take little baby rides. I might be able to take little three mile rides for the rest of my life. That's not what I really want to do. I want to be able to go places and see things. And so I've got to be able to get into that uncomfortable zone. The key is not blowing past the edge of my ability to cope with the discomfort into somewhere that I will be into very deep fear. When you're in the deep fear zone, you cross over into the sympathetic nervous system. You're not learning, you're not retaining skills. And therefore anything you do with that level of fear is not going to stick with you. So there's no point in being there. So you've got to figure out where that edge is and make sure you stay well on this side of it usually because the closer you get to it the worse things get you need to be able to stay well on this side of it but yet still outside of your usual comfort zone so that you can expand and sometimes that takes changing one little part of something sometimes that takes knowing this is something I'm better at so I can tweak this and gain more experience and more ground we were able to go to Asantigua Island and ride seven miles on a flat trail, which is way longer than we'd ridden out before. Whereas three miles on a very hilly trail was challenging. So we changed some of the variables in that situation in order to expand the comfort zone. So now I know we can do seven and a half. So the next goal is to go back and do a hillier trail longer and see what the experience is with that and expand the comfort zone again. So sometimes you get more control over those things than you have at other times. Sometimes we don't get a choice. And occasionally you blow through into that really big fear zone and you're just going to have to come back and rework through some of those other steps because your comfort zone will have actually shrank at that point. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. That happens to all of us at various points in our lives. You can have accidents, you can have trauma, you can have other experiences that just disrupt things for you. But learning to respect that fear because, oh, yesterday I did it, but today I'm afraid of it. Well, I should do it anyway. That's not going to help you want to do it again later, the next day or the next week. Your whole nervous system is just going to retract from that. And when you're dealing with the horses and when, even with other pets, those kinds of things can create sticky situations because our pets all know how we feel about that. So when you encounter another dog on your walk with your dog and your dog starts to react or that dog is reacting, your dog knows when you're afraid. And that can change the dynamic of the experience. And at that point, it's important to go get training together to learn to manage those situations so that you can trust your dog, you can trust you, and you know you have the skills to cope with the situation. So sometimes it's about going and getting coaching of whatever kind. And sometimes it's about doing something long enough that you do work through some of it without blowing way past that comfort zone. You totally touched on so many different things there. First of all, I'm like, my brain was like, airbags, airbags. I wonder if they have them for mountain biking. And then I straight went into the <laughs> idea of like how many times your airbag would go off by mistake when you didn't really need That it. is a problem. You have to remember to disconnect from the saddle before you go to get off the horse. I am afraid of doing that. <laughs> right, and, and not even that, but we have these little crashes that really you don't need an airbag for. And suddenly you'd have your airbag going off and, and you wouldn't need it, right? On a horse, probably not as many times because when you get thrown off the horse, it's always a bad time. Quite often you get thrown off the bike or you get bumped off the bike and it would disconnect and you'd still be standing there and suddenly you've got this airbags. Possibly amazing concept, but possibly needs to be refined if it's going to be worked for a bike. And then also the idea of the body armor. I used to take these bike rides and we'd have 12 girls show up and half of them would be literally like body armor, head to toe, full face helmets, and like all of the things. And the other half would be in like Lululemon shorts and a tank top. And they're both looking at each other, having the exact same thought, which is, wow, you must be really good. Because the people that are covered in armor from head to, head to toe are so scared that they've gone out and they've bought themselves a whole bunch of confidence. At least if I fall, I'm not going to die. And the girls that are wearing their Lululemons, they don't actually know enough to be that be afraid. Yeah, so they're looking at the other girls going, man, you must be really good. Whatever you're going to do must be hardcore because you're like completely ready to go. And it used to just crack me up because they were both having the exact same thought. If you're heavily armored, you look at someone that has no armor and you think, wow, they've got a lot of confidence. They must be really good. And if you're not armored, you're looking at someone with armor going, wow, they must be like really good. They're going to do something super gnarly because they've got all this armor on. And so it's different ways that we perceive things right and then not to go into this at all but limits and so often we actually don't know where our limits are so as you're saying pushing to those edges so we can find them I think is just absolutely so key because once we know where our limits are we can start to push them safely and it's when we don't know where our limits are we either stay way too far within them or we start to blow outside of them and then we create trauma and as adults we have had a lot of moments in our lives where we've had a lot of trauma. So we're like, everything we do, we're generally having to move through some various form of trauma. But if we don't go out and find where those limits are, then as you said, we're not ever going 
to grow. We're not ever going to move forward and nothing happens within your comfort zone. You're always having to take some sort of risk that is going to move through. To really sum this up, one of our Canadian astronauts, Chris, whose name I forget the last part of, he said so famously that people often wonder, like he's afraid of heights. People are like, how do you become an astronaut if you're afraid of heights? It's just, it's ridiculous. It's like any human being that stands up knows that falling from that height is going to suck. We should all have a comfortable relationship with the fear of heights because at any point in time we keel over, it's a long way down. And then he said, but if you're going to go for a bike ride, you just mitigate the risk. You take the right equipment for what you're wanting to do. So if you're going to go and cycle around on the road, then you have a bike that's good for that. But you're not going to take that bike and go out and ride it down a mountain because you're not going to be safe. So if you see the risks and then you figure out a way to mitigate the risks, anyone that's gone from not wearing high heel shoes, like you see little girls that like put on their mom's high heel shoes, they don't have a respected fear of heights because they've just put on a pair of shoes and they can fall off really easily. And as grown adults, if we don't wear high heels, we look at people that walk around on stilettos and we think they're crazy because if we tried to do that, we'd topple over and we're definitely not going to take our high heels and go for a mountain bike ride. So it's just having the right equipment and knowing how to work the right equipment is so very important to managing all of these pieces. At the end of the day, how we deal with fear is we make friends with it. We know our limits. We push our boundaries. We don't blow them up and create more trauma than, than is absolutely needed. If you don't do the thing, you generally won't find the questions on the other side that allow you to get better at doing the thing. As soon as you push a limit, everything gets all messed up and all squirrely and you have a whole lot of new questions and then you get to go out and find the answers to them. I think in just sitting here that I could safely say that my biggest regrets in life probably all boil down to not pushing my own comfort zone faster in most situations. That if I had made changes, if I had gone out and worked my horse more, if I had done more things in my business, if I had tried more things on my bike, that I would be in a different place and I'd be fine. But the regret is mostly related to not pushing my own comfort zone hard enough, soon enough in situations. And that's really the key to getting through the fear is you have to be willing to push on it enough. You have to know it's there and acknowledge it, own it, and then be willing to push it in safe, manageable ways for yourself so that your comfort zone gets bigger. I love that. So with that, I'm going to say, I'm Natasha Lockie. I have an Instagram account. It's called Betty Go Hard. Please follow me if you would like tips on riding your bicycle, if you'd like to get inspired about riding bikes. If you're someone who wants to find the tools to have more confidence, to move outside of your comfort zone, whether you're riding a bike, starting a business or wanting to move across three continents, check me out on at Betty Go Hard and I will see you there. What about you, Jenny? 
Yeah, I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. And I help support pet owners with their pet relationships, behavior challenges, health challenges, and helping you get back to more harmony with your pets. So you can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the same handle. Thank you so much for joining us on Riding in the Weeds. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please like, comment, and subscribe, and let us know if you would like to hear anything in future topics. We'd love to hear from you. So hit us up. You can find us on the web at ridinginteweeds.com and on all major platforms and YouTube. Awesome. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening.